Looking into the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 16, we'll look at verses 13 through 17. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, the Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. If uh, a teacher in a classroom were to suddenly ask a question to all the students and said, uh, this is a specific question I have. I need a specific answer. So this is the question. And what is who wants to tell me the answer? There would no doubt be a lot of various kinds of emotion going on in that class. Different people. You've been in that scene. I know yourself. Growing up, whatever, maybe now. And uh, for the most part, people might kind of shrink back and go, I'm not sticking my neck out here. There's, it's amazing to me how sometimes there's one or two that just kind of raise their hand whether they seem to have the answer or not, but I just want to answer. I, w- I can never relate to that kind of a person. And draw back and go, if you were, you were had any doubt at all in your own mind, you're thinking, please don't call on me. And many of us aren't, can be in a boat like that. But this setting wasn't anything like that. Nothing like that. This is Jesus and his disciples. And he asked that question. And the fact is, each one of them knew full well who he was. They knew exactly who he was. That's why they were there. That's why they were there when other people were gone. They were there because they knew who he was. They knew what he had done for them. And they watched him and experienced many miracles even. But regardless of that, they knew who he was, what he's done in their own life. That's why they followed him so so intently. And so the point wasn't for Christ to to try to make sure in case they didn't know who he was. But Christ was after something specific. And we can tell that by his immediate response to Peter's wonderful answer on exactly who he was. But his response was not to debate and talk about, well, did all of you get that? Was immediately, Peter, that is correct. And let's establish this. It's the Father, my Father in heaven, who told you that. You didn't learn it because you're a good student. You didn't learn it from your teacher in class 
on history or the Bible. You learn it from directly from my Father, my Father in heaven. And what a powerful and focused response Christ had. He was ready. He, this was what he wanted. He wanted to bring up this point. And he did it very specifically. And it shows us God's strong love for each one of us, you and me. He loves us so much, he does not want us to miss out. He does not want us to miss out on who he is, who the Son of God is, who the Father is, and what he has for each one. And in his love, he gives each one some way, somehow, divine knowledge. Not flesh and blood, divine knowledge, divine awareness of who God is. That's quite an incredible thing. We're just down here on earth. And he made it specific. Peter, flesh and blood has not told you this. Out in the world and all the things of the world, we will never discover God in that element. But that's the element we live in. We need help. Even though the plan of salvation's there, love of God's there, we need help. Because we're in flesh and blood, God has to help us even find him. But he's so ready to witness one way or the other to your heart. You're not left out. And, or, and mine of who he is. Flesh and blood cannot do anything in this manner. In fact, flesh and blood will lead us entirely away from God. Flesh and blood cannot connect to God. We're, we're, we're in sin down here. We need help. We need Calvary stream. Romans 8, read Romans 8, 6, 8, Romans 8, 6 through 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well then, if that's the case, what do we do? We're on this earth, we're in this earth. We're in mortal state. So what do we do? Well, thank God for his revelations to our heart. God used that word. Heaven, my, my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Thank God for his revelations to you and to me in some way, somehow, all the way through life. Any inkling, you know, any, any inkling we have towards God at all from day to day. Any thought about God at all. Any thought that we should pray or we need God at all in our life is never from flesh and blood. It's from God himself. In fact, that can kind of get so common, we can kind of not stop and think about that. But the Lord took special time to make this point clear. It's God the Father that does this for us, for us and only God. God's love 
through His Son, through the Holy Spirit, accomplishes this for us because He loves us so much. John 1.9 says, He lighteneth every man that cometh into the world. Sometimes the enemy can kind of make us think, no one cares about you. God doesn't know about you. That's not what God's, what Christ says. He said, no, God reveals. And we're told that he lightens every man that cometh into the world. And so flesh and blood is helpless. John 6.44 says, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent him draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. And Christ himself prayed a beautiful, incredible prayer. I read that in Matthew eleven twenty-five. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Babes meaning those that will simply obey him. Babes means someone that is honest enough with themselves to just let God speak to them and then have a desire to respond. And what, what a beautiful thing. Uh, an example of flesh and blood just left to itself with this very example that God gave, Christ gave of, of the rich man and the man and his barns. When he he was laboring, and uh, he produced uh, uh, farming goods, and his his crops brought forth so much. They said, "I don't know what to do with all this. I'm just I'm overflowed with it. So I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build bigger ones enough to store it all, and then I'll I'll just say, uh, my soul sit back, eat, drink, and be merry. That has goods for many, many years.'" And God says, "Thou fool." Tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. Flesh and blood would call this a success story. Spiritually, it's a disaster. See the difference? God is so good to help every one of us. So this man, what was he missing? He needed revelations from God. Revelations of himself to apply it to his everyday life to be able to properly know what, what really counts and what isn't so important to help him make his decisions even in success regarding, uh, mortal things down here. But he needed God's revealings. See how important that is? But the Lord says he doesn't leave anyone out. Don't think you're overlooked. God has you zeroed in. He wants you. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to have his full salvation. He wants you to live a life that has his blessings. He wants you to, to have a positive, a, a conqueror's tread, not a fearful tread. He wants you to know whatever's coming along that you know you have confidence in God. He will take care of it because you know God. And he has helped us to know the Lord. What a phenomenal thing. We, we, we've got just come through Thanksgiving. We can't stop and thank God enough for this. 
And one of those certainly is the Christmas story. Every disciple there could relate to what Peter said, his words. They could all relate. They, they could relate to how God enlightened them. They could relate their own testimony. You can too. We can too, thank God, through his grace. We do and we can, if we haven't, relate to God revealing to us in his own way. And he certainly does. Everyone, everyone needs an aha moment before the Lord. You ever had an aha moment? Aha. I believe that's even in the dictionary. This is what it says. An aha moment is a moment of sudden insight or discovery. Every one of us need that before the Lord. That is so important. Don't get left out on this. You need your aha moment. You need that with God. The Lord made, was very specific in talking to his disciples about this, though they already knew it. But they need to realize they'll never get their encouragement from the world. Just don't plan on that. But God is there all the time to give you everything you need. They're at a, at a prayer's breath away. He's even before that. He, we, we look in an amazing, we, we hear in testimonies, why the Lord, Lord helped me. He was ahead of me all the time. In so many ways, that's how badly God wants to reveal himself to you and to me so we don't miss out. Revealing slash revelation definition is this, a surprisingly, a surprisingly previously unknown fact, especially one that is made in an unknown way and or the device of supernatural Discover disclosure to humans. Of supernatural disclosure to humans. This is, this is good stuff. This is powerful stuff. And it's from the Lord to you and to me. As, uh, you know, as children, as far as God's revealing, if, if a child is raised in a Christian environment, immediately they're open to God and they they believe God with all their heart. It's just it's just amazing. It's no wonder the Lord said, except you become as little children. But when a child has is raised in an, a Christian environment, it's no time at all and they realize I want Jesus in my heart. That's a child. Many professors don't know anything like that. But here, that's how quickly and ready God is to reveal to anyone. Someone older or seems so far from God, they could stop and look back. And thank God they're still alive. The story's not over for them anyway. But that many times, what a precious testimony with some of a child, and they say, they've said, well, I went and talked to my parents and said, would you pray with me? I want to know I'm saved. God's revealings. And in that kind of environment especially, uh, we get conviction. I know all about conviction. I was brought to this very church and and heard the gospel, and I heard powerful preachers. 
And I would hope certain ones didn't the ones to 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 uh, preach because I would feel especially miserable. But I would stand on my feet and I'd just plan on and go, oh no, here we go again. I'd stand up. I didn't realize what I was sloughing off. And my knees would shake so bad I had to hold the chair in front of me. And I would think, if I just, you know, you learn this, but it's in reverse. It's all mixed up. It's upside down. If I just get out of here, as soon as I get out of here, I'll be okay. That would go right along with what the Lord said. Flesh and blood did not reveal this. But it's God. You get out of his presence and just you slug it off. But I, I found out without taking time here to go into my testimony, but after a bit I realized, and I get further and further, I realized I didn't feel that conviction anymore. And it was not, It made it a difficult situation. There become time enough where I realized at least I got, I still realized enough, hadn't gone so far that I had to admit to myself, I need something more than I got. I really go through life like this, I need something no more. I got to admit that. But I thought, I don't feel anything. I would, I, I would want the Lord, I wish the Lord would just scream at me again to help me pray. I did not realize the value of old time conviction. What a precious thing. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, Peter, but my Father in heaven. Thank God for his great goodness. And uh, the regarding uh, the Spirit of the Lord drawing, 1 Thessalonians says, quench not the Spirit. Now, when we first hear that, you know, that that's... That's one verse in itself. Quench not the Spirit. And don't think this is some complicated, far-out, mysterious thing. No, it's, it's not at all. God speaking to a child or any age person is the Spirit of God. Just like I would try to slug off, uh, slough off conviction, that was, that was quenching the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, that begins first with God speaking and revealing Himself to our heart. So we can enjoy salvation and everything that goes along with it. Isaiah 30, 30, 21 says, get this, thine ears, thine ears shall hear a voice behind thee saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right and when you turn to the left, quench not the Spirit. You know, God is so faithful. You can think of those that, what about those that weren't raised in a Christian home? What about those so ignorant? How does God reach them? He does. Look at Paul the Apostle. Look what he had to do. The drastic steps he took to stop Paul in his tracks. And then, okay, doesn't have to be someone like that. What about Nathaniel, who Philip went and found him? He seemed pretty ignorant. Whatever could come good, you say, out of Nazareth. Uh, but then uh, when he comes from the Lord, the Lord just spoke a few words to let him know he knew his heart. He even knew where he was doing during the day. And that's all he took, and he fell on his knees and said, You're the Son of God. 
You're the king of Israel. Important. And God is so faithful. And as Christians, God does this. Thank God he does. He leads us. He continues to teach us. Sometimes he tells us, isn't that amazing? Sometimes he's, he's teaching us the same thing over and over again sometimes. But he's, he's patient to do that. I thought, oh yeah, I learned that before, but Lord, you're, you're, you're teaching it to me again. Because I, we can, we can so soon forget. Flesh and blood won't do it. But the Heavenly Father will be so faithful to our, our hearts. It might be something God has a next step for us. We don't know by yet. God's way ahead of us. We need to learn things even yet. Uh, revelations from God. What about when, when Christ arose? This was a whole new thing to the disciples. They were in confusion. But they didn't realize it was not, even though the Lord would tell them, not about the earthly kingdom. It's a heavenly kingdom. And there's a message here. He went to Calvary. A message. People need to be saved throughout the world. You need to spread this message to the whole world. Because God doesn't want anyone left out. He wants to speak to every heart, and He does. And so... They, they had so much to learn. He needed more, more revealing. Take them to the next step. He does that with us too. And they were benefit the women. Some women saw him, revealed himself to them, revealed himself to the disciples. But then poor Thomas shows you how important the revealings of God are. Doubt, yes, but they're the ones that saw. He didn't. He was just in a bad situation. And so, whatever, maybe he's, uh, slow to doubt still. Well, he had a, he, I'll say beginning, he, uh, Thomas, you don't have a corner on that. I'm sad to say. Not, you know, I, I, I had to, the Lord had to take me through a lot of things to realize, uh, to even believe I could get saved. But he's faithful. He was to Thomas. But Thomas still needed the revelations straight to his heart from God. Just like every one of us do. Big things. Well, uh, what about Moses? What a position, but he tried after he trying with the knowledge he had, with the strength and ability he had, and the good mind he had, and he realized and he found out that was a big dud. It was just, it was never so low. Out there left Egypt, out there for a long time. God wasn't through revealing. God had more in mind for Moses. He has more in mind for you and me as we're serving God already. He isn't through with it. Thank God for that. But we don't want to quench the Spirit. We want to be in tune with the Lord. And we look at all these troubled times in the world. Just be in tune with the Lord. The Lord's got everything in control. And we know the story of the burning bush to Moses that God revealed Himself he wasn't, it wasn't about that he could make a, bur, a bush bird that didn't consume, but he got his attention. Thank God he gets our attention. And he let him know that, that what everything Moses tried and what he couldn't do, God wasn't interested. Just go back to Egypt and tell him, I am sent you. And God did it all one step after the other. He just had to obey the Lord. Everything Elijah accomplished got weary rightfully so. But then he was out there and, and didn't quite know what to do next. I'm the only one. What, what's the point? But 
God knows what we don't. Still revealing. The windstorm, earthquake, fire, didn't see God in it. But then the what? Still small voice. Still small voice saying, Elijah, what are you doing here? More revealing. Isn't God faithful? God is so faithful. Yes, the Christ and the disciples were there. And the message was, is about what God reveals to us, about what God reveals to us, and then what is our response? What is our response to what God reveals to us? That was the main message. Oh, what a glorious thing. When we just simply say, Lord, that's, that's common in the Bible too. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. We read that in the Bible, don't we? Well, none of us get beyond that. We thank God for his care for each one of us. Thank God for his callings to each one of us. And don't be surprised that there's no encouragement in the everyday things of the world. The Lord said, flesh and blood can't do it. But just don't plan on that. Look to God and let him speak to your heart. Thank God he loves us. And thank God we have time for prayer. Prayer is what brings it all together. Thank God he gave us prayer. We thank God we have altars. Thank God we have another chance, opportunity, to just go before the Lord in prayer. God will hear and answer. We'll stand and sing 638. You're invited to pray.